Welcome back to another episode of Dream Team, where we interview former players about their all-time 1-11, to the players who've helped mould their career, and some of the characters they've played with. Tonight we're here with Ben Woffen. Ready! Ben's, Ben's, Ben's dressed like Gerard Butler, as you can see. And unfortunately for the last, last few years, Ben's been seen more on a physio bench than on the cricket field. But let's hope that can change in the next couple of years. So welcome, Ben. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And Ratty, thank you for having me. I know you've done a few of these now, um, but uh, I was waiting for the call. And I know I got that uh, a few months ago and I was super busy, but I, I, I would encourage anyone else to, to, to take up Ratty's proposal if you have been invited. Um, absolutely, it's, it's, it's a brilliant idea. And certainly the last, the last few, I think John is and, and, and Grant here have been fantastic as well. So yeah, no, I think it's a great idea, mate. Well done. Thank you. Okay, so a little introduction about you, Ben. When was your first... So you've been around the club for years. You've been around for years. When was your first game, your first adult game? Can you remember that? So, yeah, I have to, I have to go way back. So um, I remember probably uh, 1990, I was probably 10, 10 or 11. And like always, I followed the old man around the circuit. And I think we were at Buckhurst Hill at the time. And I was just fighting around on, on the sideline. And Chris Hayburn, uh, pulled, pulled a sickie in the changing rooms and he was laid out on the on the floor he was moaning that he couldn't field it was a blistering hot day and uh, I was I was asked to, to go and field for the first team and um, yeah I think I probably touched the ball twice uh, I probably needed two or three players to help my arm in uh, at the time but it was it was great and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and you know we're, we're talking about uh, some very very good players that I played with um, at that young age of, you know, 10 or 11, I think it was. But yeah, that was my first memory of uh, playing cricket, uh, albeit, you know, by default. Um, but no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, obviously, I, I followed the old man around, <clears throat> probably the age of about four or five. And I've got fond, mem fond memories as a youngster. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the team back then was very different to what it is now. And obviously, the, 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 you know, the, the standard is very different. But turning up and, you know, just a few names. I mean, others will probably remember the likes of Pete Norris, Riff Buter, uh, Hayburn, uh, Ken Porter, Barry Jones, Heiser. These are all sort of household names that, you know, used to turn up every week in, week out. And they would be, you know, they would produce. They would be brilliant to watch. And, and all right, I was probably four or five, so I didn't really understand. But certainly as I got a little bit older, they were great to watch. Uh, fantastic players. Great stuff. OK, we'll start with your 1 to 11. We'll come on to your influences in a little bit. You're, you're opening number one. Who are you going with? Number one, uh, again, we go way back. I've played with, I mean, it's, it's, it's an obvious one. Uh, it's Newman Calm. Uh, we've had many a, um, many a battle in the nets. Uh, I'm a big fan of nets. Obviously, in that, that January, February time, I get quite excited. I still get excited, even though I probably haven't been for a couple of years. Uh, training and those indoor nets. I remember Newman as well. We very rarely missed a net session, either of us. And, you know, he would be on my team sheet. He'd be number one on my team sheet. You know, he'd be the first on there, without a doubt. Very, very good player. Um, he's got different gears, which I quite like. He can stink it out. He can see off the new ball. You know, he can, he can face 30 balls for, for five or six runs. And then the next 30 balls, he could get 30 or 40 very quickly. So he would be my, yeah, like I say, first name on the team sheet. Did you tour with Newman the year he, he broke all rep? He got loads of runs. Did he one tour in Devon? 
It was, and I'll be honest, this is not about Newman Khan. Um, obviously, it's, it's obviously about me, but uh, I was on that tour. Um, and no, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was incredible. You know, he opened pretty much every game. Uh, I remember him hitting rooftops, you know, missing tiles from, from house houses. He, he was phenomenal. You couldn't touch him. Um, great player, really good player. And he, and he hasn't aged either. No, perfect man to have as a tourist. Given he doesn't drink. Yeah, loves a drink, loves a drink, loves a banter, uh, asks a lot of questions. I mean, to be honest, he, he should have been a copper. Uh, I've never known a person to ask so many bloody questions. Uh, but no, he's, he's a great lad. And you know, I say he hadn't aged at all and he can still do a job as far as I'm concerned in the first team and beyond, you know, you know five, ten years' time. I think he's brilliant. Definitely. Okay, moving on to number two. Who have you got number two, you? because I had, um, I had fond memories of a guy called Pete Robel. Now, Pete Robel, again, you know, a natural sportsman, you know, very, very good. I remember at Customs Excise, he used to work for Customs. And Greeny will probably remember this, Nigel Green, that, you know, we'd have sports days and sports socials. He would be one of those natural gifted sportsmen, you know. Um, but as, as a cricketer, fantastic to watch. But for me, it was Brad Everett. Brad Everett came over as overseas. I know, I think you said you could only be limited to two overseas. That's fine. Uh, Brad was fantastic. He stayed with us as well. Lovely lad. Uh, Left-handed. Again, very aggressive. Very technically very gifted. Uh, but a joy to watch. I think John has mentioned it the other night about, you know, um, when certain players go out to bat, you know, you, whatever you're doing, either, you know, around the boundary with Bells playing a bit of, you know, um, ball or whatever it was, there'll be a certain cricketer that, or a batsman that goes out and you go back to the clubhouse, get a deck chair and you sit there and watch them. And Brad was one of those. He was a fantastic player, great player. All-rounder, only... bowl as well? He did. I mean, he bowled a bit of... I mean, he, he thought he was a leg spinner. He bowled some filth. Uh, probably, you know, on the same level as probably Spearsy, you know, when, when you've got players like that who think they, they can bowl and they turn their arm over. And it, it wasn't great, but he got wickets. Um, but no, Brad's, Brad's a great guy as well. Yeah, very good. Okay, good stuff. So, number three, important position. Number three, I, I, again, it's just, this is really hard because, I mean, I'm sure you've had many conversations with, with, um, with members, but it's really hard to, to pick your top 11. And I picked my top 11 purely on the basis of ability, you know, talent, personality, consistency, uh, and match winners. And, you know, I've, I've played with an awful lot of players that, that could do that, but not on a consistent basis. Um, for me, Ramesh Paul, back in the day, I don't know whether you met Ron. Uh, no, before my time. Heard a lot about him. Yeah, Ramesh, great player, very classy Sri Lankan, very, again, very flamboyant batsman. Uh, just quality, could take quicks apart, could take spin apart. And again, he was one of those batsmen that you would go out to watch. He would be that good. You know, absolutely. Yeah, great player. Uh, I remember painting his house, actually, with Newman one year. Um, and I don't think we actually got paid for it. I think he just paid us in, in sort of barbecues. But yeah, really, really great guy. Great personality. Uh, I think he's in Switzerland now. Uh, whether he's playing cricket, I don't know. But yeah, nice guy. Great guy. Good player. Okay, so you're talking about Brad and Rom and some of the names you mentioned earlier. When you were growing up, so sort of coming into the first team, what type of age were you? 15, 16 when you first came in? So yeah, bang on. 15 or 16, you've done your research. That was a lucky guess. So who would have been the big influences on you as you came through? That's a, that's a good one because uh, there are so many. Obviously, if you're, if you're following your old man who, who was a bit of a face in, on the circuit, you're going to be mixing with some very, very talented cricketers. Yeah. Um, I remember 
I mean, you know, back in the youth, we had a youth team, and I think it was a youth team league or a tournament. That was in 92, 93, I think it was. And Ken Porter, of course, was on the scene. He was, he was yeah. phenomenal. And again, I think, I think I, I backed John's quote up about, you know, he never knew anyone's name. It was always, yeah, boy, boy, well bowled boy, or nice shot boy. He would never, I mean, it wasn't his fault. He just, he just couldn't remember all the players he played with. But youth team-wise, Ken Porter, we had uh, some very good youngsters in Fasil Raja, uh, Newman, obviously, Afan Khan, his brother, yeah. uh, Tim Driver, Neil 18, Spearsy. We were all together as a, a fantastic youth team. And I, you know, I, 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 haven't, I haven't got a clue what, what the youth team policy is now. But as, as, a, as, a, as a group of youngsters coming through the ranks, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better group of youngsters. And obviously, when, when the fourth team came looking and knocking at the door and said, look, come and play at Victory Sports, you know, the likes of Doxing, uh, Robin Edmonds, Kev Soul, Craig Carter. These were all fantastic influences of my early career as a, like a, I don't know, a 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid. As a, you know, after the fourth team, it was the, straight into the third team, the likes of Liam Buckler, Brian Perriman, uh, Pete Stannard, Graham Butler, Monty, Phil Alcock, not Dave Alcock, yeah. his brother Phil, yeah. passed me the South Phil. Uh, he, you know, they, they were great lads and I, I owe them an awful lot because they made... You know, certainly as a youngster, it's very difficult. You're very nervous. But, you know, playing with the likes of that mob, it was, it was great. It was very difficult to play with the likes of Robin Edmonds, obviously. Bit of a character. He couldn't get away with anything that after, after the things he came out with when, when he was, you know, in the change room. But great, great lads. And, you know, certainly um, they, they were heavily influential on my career. Not too many twos games. I think I went from the thirds straight into the first team. I think, um, I think, I don't actually think I played a, a second 11 game. I think the old man, again, I think the old man was captain at the time. Um, without being biased, I think he had, a, he had a decision to make. I think it was either Pete Norris or someone had, had, had uh, called off. And he was struggling for a seamer. And I think, you know what it's like with those, um, you know, selection committees. They can yeah. be quite heated. Quite heated. Um, and he, he decided to go with a 15 or 16 year old son. And obviously you're going to get a little bit of criticism. It's like, well, no, you can't just put your son in the team. Is he, is he good enough? Is he ready? And dad said, no, he is. I, I absolutely think he is ready. Um, and I, I, you know, I was, you know, I, I, I give him massive credit for that because he was, he was challenged big time. And I played, uh, the first, first 11 game. I think I played at Ardley Green and it was a scorching hot day. And I think Adrian Rollins, I think was playing at the time, big, tall, Robert Rollins, his brother, big tall, yeah. six foot plus opener. Very intimidating. I think, I think I actually, I don't know whether I got him. I think I might have got him out. I think it was, he sneaked off. I think the old man caught one in the gully and we just went off. It was fantastic. I think I got two wickets that day, but it was, you know, I, again, massive hand to the old man for, for, for sort of certainly taking the plunge and, and believing in, that, in me. So, yeah, that was, that was the start of my, my first team career, okay. really. We'll come back to, the, to your old man in a bit. Okay, moving on back to your team, number four. Number four, so no, no questions, it was, it was an easy one. Scott Rogie, uh, again, uh, he cut, he's currently playing first grade for uh, Northern District, uh, CC out in Sydney. Fantastic player. We had him for about a year and a half. Again, he stayed at, stayed at our house. Nice lad, big, strong, sort of 18, 19-year-old, hands like buckets, but what a talent. I mean, crikey, he technically very good, Went through the gears very quickly and he could bowl as well. He, you know, he's um, a very good seam bowler, swung it a little bit in and out. But as a, as a talent, crikey, he was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal cricketer. Uh, unfortunately, we tried, well, we tried to get him back, I think, a second year. But I think he did. I think he played half a season. I think he had a, a family bereavement or something. I think he had to go back. Oh. But yeah, what a talent. And he's, yeah, I think he's doing very well at, in, in first grade back in Sydney. 
when I, I remember was. playing with Scott on tour in 2005. It was the Thursday at Seaton. I'll be quick, Chris. And on the Wednesday night, I went out. We all went out, and the lot. It was me, Steve Richardson, and Tommy Kenton. I think had to carry him back from the town <laughs> to the uni. Yeah. He could not stand up. So we got him home, chucked him in the shower, and left him. The next day, me and Richardson were like, we can't tell Ken that he's struggling, or else we'll have to play, and we don't want to play. So we're like, let's go down to Seaton, leave him. So somehow people got Roger down to Seaton. And how he was alive was a, a miracle. But they had an Aussie, maybe knew him from Sydney or something. Something at that point just clicked. And two hours later, Scott was 168, not out. How, uh, yeah. how he did it, it was, it must have just been an Aussie quick. Yeah. Yeah. And they raised their game. You know what it's like. You get an Aussie versus an Aussie, um, you know, an Indian, an Indian, West Indian, West Indian. They all raised their game against yeah. each other. This was phenomenal. Was phenomenal cricketer. Okay. Great Moving on to five. Five, again, um, you know, I don't like to use the same, same phrases, but again, what a cricketer this guy is. I mean, unfortunately, I only got to play with him for maybe, I don't know, collectively combined, maybe 13 or 14 games. But Joe Robbins, Joe Robbins, uh, you know, a bit of a club favourite, certainly the last few years, getting the club where it, where it yeah. was in terms of, you know, Div 2 up to the Premier League. But a, a, a talent that I have no idea how he hasn't progressed beyond, you know, um, you know, you know certainly, certainly the top level at club level. He's brilliant as a club cricketer, but how he hasn't, you know, burst into the Essex twos and even even first first class cricket is I, I think it's absolutely criminal. I think he's a fantastic player, you know, and if you're, you know, he could open, he could go four, five, you know, and this is after say he bowled, you might bowled 15, 20 overs. Yeah. What a talent. Um, very, very relaxed, very chilled bloke, very calm. I like I liked him as a captain because he didn't panic. He didn't um, you know he, he he didn't shoot from the hip. Uh, and he he was yeah he he was a great talent. Well, he is a great talent. He's yeah, retired. It is. Okay, so moving on to number six. Uh, six, I'd, I'm going to have to put the old man in, mate. I'm going to have to put uh, no, the old man. I'm going to have to have him as captain because uh, I'm told, uh, again, as a, as a sort of four or five, you know, five-year-old kid, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't remember him too much, but every person I speak to, you know, back in that era, they just said they loved playing with the old man, great yeah. talent, very, very competitive, very bright captain on the field. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would have him in there just because of he's all he's an all rounder. Uh, he'd take wickets, he would dig in, he would score runs. Good fielder, so yeah, and, and an influence. And and I would absolutely have him in there. So did you you played a lot with your dad as, as when he was I captain, or did your paths sort of miss miss each I probably other? Probably had a season with him. I probably had a season with him. Uh, I, I remember we had a. I think we had a. Um, I think we batted together. Uh, briefly, I think we, we put on a, a partnership, but it was just the fact that you were on the field with him. He just had that awe about him. Yeah. Uh, now I wasn't the easiest of of, of bowlers or all rounders to, to manage back then. I was a little, you know, shit. I think you know I, I was very passionate. I had bags of energy, and I wasn't. And I think Craig Porter would probably tell you the same. And Ian, I wasn't easy to manage. And you know, I think because he was my old man. And that I had to, you know, he, he felt that, you know, obviously I was his responsibility and he's a reflection of you, you know, or him. Yeah. Um, I think it was, you know, I think it was a big call. I think certainly to put me in at 15 or 16 in the first was a big call, but I'd, I'd have him in there every day of the week. Good player. Yeah. From what, what I hear about people speak about your dad, he had the ability to get the best out of people by talking to them. 
I played. Yeah, but he wouldn't make any nonsense either. If if you no. stepped out of line, he would tell you. I think I, I think John has felt felt that. I think when he turned out for him, I think he he either went at night on the on the source and he turned up, and I think he didn't. Sj didn't put hundred percent in, and I think the old man basically threatened to to send him off the pitch. You're not you're not welcome. Yeah. So he knew that, and this was later on in his career. But you knew you knew where you stood with him. Um, he he would be prepared to to lose games to try and win them. I know that. I know when he gave up, it was it was a it was a shame. He moved to Scotland, and um, obviously the Scottish cricket not quite as um, popular as as it, as it is over here. But um, yeah, I mean, good player, great player. Yeah, I played once with your dad. I can't remember the exact service. I think it was a tour game, midweek game. So we batted, and I we got didn't get a great score, perhaps 160, 170. I must have got 30 or 40. They obviously didn't have a third man in that day or something. So I'd done all right. Yeah, just not knocked it around. But at tea, your dad came and said, What bad, Scott? And I'd like you to open the bowling. And I was like, Oh, Steve, I don't do opening the bowling, mate. It could go everywhere. And he just said, No, no, I think you've batted well. You're obviously on a bit of a high. You open the bowling for us because we need someone to do it. And then Nigel can bowl in the middle. And I was like, Oh, okay. Went out, got a wicket or two. And as you say, you think, oh, I can do this rather than like the captain might say, uh, you, you'll have to do a few overs just to get yeah. a new ball and then we'll do that. So, no, nah, good. Yeah, good. he's the sort of character. I think people, you know, you, you get captains and of course you should want to play for your captain. Yeah. But he, by all accounts, I, I understand that many players wanted to play for him. They they bought into what he, he, he was trying to achieve there. Yeah. And you talk to any of the old guard, you know, back when he played, and they all they all speak very highly of him, um, which is which is which is lovely to hear. Uh, and he obviously, you know, the legacy through through myself, obviously, and, and hopefully for, for my kids as well. I'd love to see that as well. But yeah, no, good player. Um, yeah, massive influence. Okay, so we just changed tack a little bit here. So when you were growing up, what was it like being around the club? You saw so your parents have been in the club drinking. What so you'd have had been running around Essex weeks? What about Essex uh, weeks? Great times. You know, yeah, they, they were. I mean, the club back then, you couldn't, you couldn't beat it. It was fantastic. I, I loved the. I mean, what they've done at the clubhouse now is great, but I loved the bar in the middle of the clubhouse. You know, every it's the heartbeat of the club. And I remember, I remember we had some fantastic cricket weeks. You know, when Essex turned up, and you had, um, you had. I think my first recollection of, of cricket week was 1990 Essex Glamorgan when Viv Richards was down there. I think he got 100 in both innings. He just looked phenomenal. And you had the likes of Courtney Walsh and Kadik, Mushtaq Ahmed, Nassau, Mark Waugh. They, they, all, they all, you know, graced the, the South Church Park turf. And it was great to watch. And as a, as a 12, 13-year-old kid watching these fantastic, you know, I've left Gucci out, you know, Gucci. They're, they're fantastic players. And, you know, if you're a massive cricket follower and, and you know, that is your life, you just, you, just you, you, look, you look for the fixture list. You think, when are Essex playing at South Church Park? And you know you, you, you're talking about uh, an awful lot of work goes into into the, organising those sort of events as well. And I look back at some of the club members, and I, I don't think too many people, well, a lot of the youngsters probably won't know these these people are. But I, I look back and I think that the people that that were influential on, on my growing up and my experience of the club were people, even Ken Cater. Remember Ken Cater? The you know always think you know when those AGMs at the Civic Centre. Was he awake? Was he asleep? You know, when, when Ken was reading out his, his, match, his reports, you know, his annual reports. Uh, Ken Cater, Ken Porter, Craig, Nige, Johnny, Pauline Heiser. 
uh, Eddie Pike, Kev Salt, uh, Craig Carter, Dinners. I mean, crikey, these these guys. I always think a club needs a needs a, a fantastic core. And yeah. back then, Southend had an unbelievable core. Uh, you know, the likes of Beju, I think, unsung hero, and and even the likes of later on, maybe Richard Wiggins, the statistician. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he passed away a few years ago, but what a guy! He's very, very, very uh, quiet lad behind the scenes. He'd turn up, and what was quite annoying about Wiggins that there could be an absolute blockbuster of a game going on. And, you know, you'd, you'd have, I don't know, 20 needed off the last three overs. And Wiggins would literally have been there all day from the warm-up to he'd done a bit of scoring, he'd, he'd done some drinks, and he'd, he would leave. He'd leave the game. So with three overs to go, he'd bugger off. I'm like, Wiggo, where, where are you going? And he was that sort of person. He was, you know, I, I, I really, I got a lot of time for the young sung heroes, like Dimmore, Wiggins, uh, Johnny, Johnny and Pauline Heiser, you know, they were the club and Eddie, Eddie Pike uh, and Ken, they were the cricket club as far as I'm concerned. And obviously later on, you had the likes of obviously uh, Bully, Steve Richardson, Spears, he does a lot for the club, yourself now. It's, it's kind of, they've passed the torch on and you need, you need doers. I'm not, I'm not a doer. I'm, I'm a player, I'm a selfish git. I love playing, I love turning up at the, on a Saturday and, and just playing cricket, I'm not, I think I paint, I think I've, I don't know, I've been a club, affiliated to the club for like 30 odd years. I think I've only ever painted the clubhouse once, I think it was, in 30 years. And that's, that's you know, when you look at all the work that other people have done behind the scenes, and I think even now, like Kev Salt and Craig Carter, um, you know, they're, they're all doers. Uh, yeah. And I think it's the unsung heroes behind the scenes that you don't realise how much work they do. Um, but I, I remember the clubhouse, um, I think on a Friday, I was talking to Pauline the other day and um, Pauline used to mention about Kev Sargent, the, the, the Friday nights, you know, with the guitar up at the clubhouse and it was packed, absolutely packed. Um, and uh, yeah, they were good times, mate. Good, as, a, as a youngster, all you do is, is look on and observe. Um, you know, I, I remember seeing like Richard Pike, Gridders used to turn up at eight, nine o'clock in the evening with a couple of dolly birds on their arm, bring them up at the clubhouse. You just think they're in, they're in the corner and think, wow, look at those guys. That, that's, they, that's when you know you've made it, when, you, when you've got a dolly bird in the corner and you bring up to the clubhouse. Obviously it's not, but yeah, very, very fond memories of the clubhouse as a, as, as a youngster, mate. So with the Essex week, good times as well. Obviously Essex playing, like you say. The opposition get involved much? Did you see much of the opposition? In, well, in the Essex week, played, or would they just disappear? The opposition teams. Oh, the, the, so the Essex week, they they used to cut. I mean, it was a, I think it was a four day or five day. It started the matches never really used to last longer than three days. Yeah, I think the games uh, the games were over, and they they just wanted to sort of either go home or, or go out in the evening in, in you know in town. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the Essex weeks. Uh, good good fun, great fun. Um, but no. Yeah, lots of fond memories, and yeah, I don't get that sense nowadays. Probably because I'm a little bit removed from from what's going on at the club. But yeah, I'm I'm never going to forget that. Okay, so back to your team, number seven. Seven um, again. Um, he'd probably frustrate many many people, uh, but I'm going to go with Ian Heiser. Okay. And, and again, he was. I mean, he was a bit of. I mean, it sounds a bit corny, but he was a bit of a father figure. Um, he. He invested an awful lot of time in me. Um, he believed in me. He was constantly in my ear hole uh, at um, mid-on, mid-off, saying, do this. Because I didn't have a brain. When I played cricket, I didn't have a brain. 
Um, yes, I had ability, but I didn't use, I didn't listen to people. If I did, I'd probably do a lot, lot better than I did. But Ian Heiser, great, great player. Love watching him as a youngster. Um, you know, fantastic left arm spinner. Could change a game. And that, that's what I like. I like players that could change the game. Uh, you know, flip of a coin. He, he would definitely be one of those players. You could either open with him or you could have him at sort of six or seven and still play exactly the same way. Very, very aggressive. And a captain who probably got the best out of you. No, he did. He did. I didn't necessarily agree with him. And it was like any 19 or 20 year old kid, yeah. you know, who thinks they know it all. They think, I just want to bowl quick. I just want to knock the batsman's head off. You know, I've got this. And he, he, he'd obviously grown up with some good captains himself and playing some good teams. And he was trying to, you know, uh, certainly transfer his knowledge onto me. And I just probably didn't listen. Uh, I think that was the biggest problem. Uh, but yeah, good, good captain. Very, very good. Uh, got a lot of time for him. Uh, good player. Very good player. Okay, number eight. Eight, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for my keeper. Now I've played with some very good keepers over the years, but uh, there's one standout. If I go through the the, the sort of two or three that I'm I, that didn't make it, you know, the likes of Dave Wilkins, you know, the old Rod Stewart lookalike. Yeah. Um, very very pretty, and he looked quite good when the ball didn't come to him. But you know, I, I didn't put him in there just because he was a little bit clumsy. Uh, the likes of Joe Daly, remember Joe? Yeah, okay. Uh, I wouldn't say he was naturally gifted. He worked very hard at his his glove work, yeah. uh, but didn't didn't quite make it. Spearsy, natural, uh, very very good gloveman. Uh, you'd have him in most sides, Spearsy. Uh, but for me, and I think most people have selected him, Dale Hackney. I mean, yeah. what a what a what a gloveman. Uh, anyone, I think, anyone who can stand up after you know, ball one or over two, whatever it is. And if you're a quickie, you're like, what are you doing? Like, you, you're going to, you, it's it's quite, I'd say it's, um, if you see a keeper come up after an over or two overs as a quickie, it's demoralising, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like, you know, you're not quick enough, ball's not carrying through, it's not hitting the gloves. I didn't mind Dale doing that. I had issues with Dave Wilkins because he couldn't stand up. Um, you know, Joe as well, he'd always go back and spearsy, but... But Dale, I didn't have an issue with him coming up after over one or over two. If it was, he'd be that quick. So, Ben, ball's not coming through. Let's stand up. Stand up. And he, I would just watch him. It's, it's a joy to watch. He, he was brilliant. He was first class. Um, and he could pitch him with some runs. Probably a bit like me. He probably didn't make the most of his talent. Um, you know, very, very, very underest, underestimated batsman. But he was his glove work. You know, you turn up just to watch Dale play. And the filth behind the stumps as well. You know, he, he, would, he would earn you wickets just with the filth. Uh, him and Spearsy at you know, first slip. Um, you know, Jonas, Johnny Horn. You know, it, it, was a, it was a great slip, Corden. But no, he, he was a fantastic keeper. And again, I think he, he came from a, you know, a Kent background that played, he played with some very good players. Yeah, very right, good cricketer. Okay, so number nine, we're into your bowlers now, I guess. Nine, uh, I'm going to go with Farhad Masood. So, again, another overseas. I've got three overseas. That's really bad. But another overseas, um, I think we got him on the cheap, even though I think we're not supposed to say that we paid for players. But he, he came and stayed with Newman. Yeah. And I've, I've never seen like it. I heard lots of rumours about how good this guy was. He played, I think he played, was it Habib Bank? Not sure who he, he played, played for, but I know he got 300 first-class uh, wickets. Yeah. He turned up. And obviously, he wasn't your stereotypical overseas where you want an Aussie or a Kiwi or a Safa yeah. that would just come and help the youth and drink under the table. You know, he wasn't going to be that. He was going to be egg and cress, Mount Newman's, 
you know, watching, watching what they want to watch. And um, he would turn up on a Saturday and that was it. Um, but he was phenomenal. I remember a game that Far had, I mean, at fives, I know Spearsy was keeping. And I just remember just watching Spearsy. He, he was walking, literally, I think he was about two or three yards from the boundary. Five was, I mean, fives was a quick deck anyway. But Far just came in and the ball was just still rising as, as Spearsy was taking mm-hmm. up here. But um, great bowler. I remember a game at Hadley. And, uh, you know, you know, you remember games and, and sorry, venues that you think, oh, I had, I had a really good, uh, I've got a really good record there. Yeah. Or, um, that's the sort of ground I really, really excel at. And Hadley was never a, game, a ground that I excelled at. I, I looked forward to playing them because it was a local rival. I loved playing against them, the camaraderie. Um, but I turned up and we had felt, we got, we, every time we played Hadley, we were, you know, taken off the, we were, we were sort of, you know, rolled off the park. They were that, they always beat us. But we had this absolute gun in our back pocket, Farhad Masood. And he, I remember he had the bottom end, which again, his run up started from the boundary and he came tearing in. And he, I remember him he getting Adam Fleming in the, in the nuts. I think Johnny Horn was at short leg. And, you know, Adam Fleming, love him as, love him as I do, he's a good captain, good player. He always had the better of South and he always, yeah, quite arrogant. But Farhad got him. He, he, had, he tied him in knots and Farhad got him in the box. And I just remember the image, I still see it now, Adam Fleming literally on all fours, just crawling out of his crease. And Johnny Horn just picked the ball up and just literally walked over and just knocked the bowels off. And I think Adam Fleming was the most delighted man on that ground that day because Farhad was, was quick. I mean, Hadley was, a, a, I think, as Gas Chambers would say, it's a spitting cobra. It was a deck that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to bat on it, but far, face far had Masood on it. You, yeah, you wouldn't want to. But great player, he won us many games. We had sides. I don't know if it was Div Two. Was it Div One or Div Two? But we two, would bowl. Think, yeah. What was it? Two, I think. Was it two? Div Division Two, yeah. But he would both be bowling sides out for eighty or or hundred. But it was it was I, I quite liked the the combination. Like he had raw, genuine pace, and yeah. I was like a bit of medium swing. But yeah, great player. Yeah, a lot of time for him. But unfortunately, with, when, you, when you pick a player like that, you're not going to get investment in the youth. You're not going to get no. investment in the game. It's literally, I'll play and then collect my bag and disappear. Which yes, It was fair enough. So, good player. So, so obviously, Farhad's had a bit of a spell in first, a long career in first-class cricket. Let's come on to your Essex career. You had, we believe, five games with the Essex Twos um, around the time 2000, around that sort of time. It may it was it was two thousand and one, and it was. I'm going to correct you there. It was four four uh, championship games, um, five in total. Because it was Peter Such's testimonial that I, I I really enjoyed over at Billericay. But it was one of those where um, if you're if you're playing in Div three, it's very difficult to um, get recognised. Yeah, and you know. Um, it, if you if you're wanting to make it, if you're wanting to progress, you've got to be playing Div One. They didn't have a Premier League at the time, I don't think. But did they? No, I can't remember. But Div One, Div Two, you've got to be playing good standard of cricket. So uh, for me, it was it was great because I was a late developer. I didn't go through any of the, the Essex, you know, the under under 12s, 13. I didn't do any of that. I burst on the scene probably when I was 19, 20, where I had some consistent sort of seasons in Div Three, Div Two, 40, 50 wickets. And that was recognised, which was great. And obviously, that was when the whole Essex um, sort of, you know, train came along. And it was great. But what I what I didn't do is I probably didn't give it the respect that I should have done. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the you look at the the, the the setup now. You've got nutritionists. You've got 
you know, uh, physios, you've got health advice, you've got, you've got it all. You've got, whereas back then it was like, you could still go to, you know, Mayhem, you could still go, Mayhem wasn't around then, but you could still go to Chameleon, you go talk, Chameleon, talk on a Saturday, and then you think you still go out and, on Monday or Tuesday and turn up to, to County. But no, I, I remember um, being selected. Uh, I was asked to come up for a couple of trials and I did really well. Um, and I was asked to be part of the academy. And it was the first year that Essex had set up an academy. And it was run by a guy called John Childs, a uh, massive influence on Essex. Um, and I got on really well with him and it was, it was great. And in the academy was the likes of, I don't want to name drop, but Ravi Bapara, Mark Patini, Tony Palladino, um, who else did you have? Cookie was there, but he was, uh, came a bit later. But there's yeah. some cracking players in there. And uh, we all got on really well. And I, to this day, I still think Ravi stole my career. You know, when I look back at that academy, he was very raw. He was, he was all over. He was kamikaze. Uh, he wasn't the batsman that he obviously came, you know, turned out to be, or the bowler he turned out to be. He was very raw. But uh, no, I was, I was very privileged. I played four games. I played uh, North Ants was the first game. and I played against a guy called Graham Swan. You may remember him. Uh, he was on the team sheet that day. None for 58 was my first performance. Uh, I was then at the Rose Bowl. I think it had only been literally completed uh, a year or maybe two years down the line, and, and it was at Hampshire. I got two for 63 that day. Again, didn't set the world on fire. Uh, and it was, it was at home. I'd never played at Chelmsford before, and it was at home to Middlesex when I probably realised that you know, this wasn't going well and this wasn't for me. Uh, the standard was was that much higher. You got your you know your your club cricket, you got your twos cricket, and then your first class, and that was the realization for me. Um, I didn't I didn't cover myself any glory. I got one for thirty one off twelve, but it was the the manner of it, and I think I was we were in trouble. Um, bear in mind this was the likes of Graham Napier was there, Mike Arlott was coming to the end, and such was coming to the end of their career, and uh, I was asked to uh, be night watchman. And uh, we, we, first things were all bowled out for 120, I think it was. And I think Middlesex scored, a, they totaled 400 in the first dig. And uh, we batted again. And I was asked to bat three uh, as night watchman. And um, I was so excited. I was absolutely buzzing. I was always number 11. And um, so I was, I, was, I was itching to get the pads on, got out there. And I was trying, you know, the idea was to protect Graham Napier at, uh, at four. And I didn't do it. And I went out there. I faced the sixth ball of an over. I pushed it around the corner for one, did my job, got off strike. And then the next over, um, I played a booming drive, snicked off, went to third, second or third slip. And it was, and I went but walk. It was the longest walk back uh, at the county ground. And it was greeted with deathly silence. You know, John Charles didn't look at me. Uh, Eilert was, you know, um, was, wasn't, you know, his head was down, shaking his head. Uh, Justin Bishop as well. I, I hadn't done my job, and it was then the realization that you know I, I wasn't quite uh, up to standard. And then the final, the final nail in the coffin was at Coggleshaw against Derbyshire, when um, I think I was, I think I opened the bowling that day, and it was a love. I remember it was another really hot day, and I came across a guy called Richard Illingworth, who you remember, who came, he was coming to the end of his career, and I remember bowling three deliveries. And everyone went out of the park. And he must have been, I don't know, late, uh, mid to late 40s, wherever he was. He, he was coming to the end of his career. And you've got this 20, 21-year-old sort of, you know, up-and-coming uh, cricketer who's trying to make it. And you've got a, a guy who's coming to the end of his career. He's just dispatched you nonchalantly over sort of mid-wicket for six. Three in a row. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And they weren't bad deliveries either. They just, he just was on it, uh, you know. 
So that for me was a realization. Um, I, I own an awful lot. I must mention this guy because I haven't yet. Is is Laffers and Laffers was such an influence. You know, I didn't drive back then. I didn't have my license, but he was there. He would take me to the academy during the week. He was there uh, at um, uh, you know weekends. But he used to take me he used to drive me there, and it was two hour sessions. But when if I rewind, if I turn back the clock, I, I remember I remember being part of the academy. And I also remember being told by John Charles to turn up on a, on a Saturday because uh, we had an outdoor training session. I was like, fine, absolutely fine, got there. And um, I didn't know who was going to be there. I thought it was like a, an Essex under 19s or you know, another academy squad meet up with them. And I got there and I, I was probably the second one there. John Charles was there and I think another, another chap. And I put my, my, my bag down and I went, I went to talk to John. And uh, I came back and obviously the, cl the clubhouse, the clubhouse, the change room was full up. And I looked at my, my kit, my bag, and I was like, where's my, where's my bag? And I looked at the state, it's literally dotted all over the changing room. It had been decimated, it had been launched. I was like, who's done this? And of, of what, I, what I didn't realize, I looked around that changing room, you had Nasser Hussain, you had Ronnie Irani, you had Mark Eilat, you had uh, Ashley Cowan, Ricky Anderson. I was like, I'm, I'm terrible. I thought I got the wrong changing room. And I said, I'm really sorry. And I started picking all my belongings up on the, on, and they used to take the mickey out of me. And I wasn't in the wrong changing room. I was in the right changing room. And um, I was told, don't ever put your kit bag in Nasser Hussain's slot or spot ever again. It, 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 that was his spot. And you know what it's like, in the, even when you're playing at South Church Park, you've always got, you've got Hackney, you've got Spearsy, Newman, uh, Bells, Jonas. You, you've all got your own area. And unfortunately, I picked the wrong guy and he launched the bag across the room. Um, and I, was, I think it was, I think it was Eilat that, that took pity on me and said, um, you know, I think I'm in the wrong place. He said, no, you're not. You're up on the board. And I looked over and there was an A4 bit of paper that was stuck on. And um, I remember it was, um, you had two batsmen and you had your bowlers in the net. And I was up against Nasser Hussain. And that was the realization is like, you know, this SHIT just got real. And it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. And I was bowling with, like I say, Ashley Cowan, Isla Arani, Stucci, um, Ricky Anderson, Napier. And I actually got NASA caught behind third or fourth ball. I bowled to him. And I think I just remember going to celebrate with the, uh, you know, the obligatory sort of, you know, the aeroplane that comes out. And I, just, I stopped myself doing that because I thought, you know, know your place. And um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um, I'll, never, I'll never forget that. Albeit very short-lived, it was a fantastic time. Uh, but I didn't realise exactly what was happening to me. And perhaps I should have done. I didn't take it seriously. I was still going out. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on the on that. <laughs> it's not a surprise, mate. That's good. No, okay. Good time. So, good time. So back to your team. We're on to yes, 10. Mate. Number 10. So 10 would be um, Jeremy Lawford. So Lawfs, you know, to look at Lawfs as a cricketer, you'd think no chance. Absolutely no chance. You know, he wasn't that athletic build. He, you know, but on a cricket pitch, God, he, that, this guy could bowl. He was fantastic. And, you know, I, I would quite, I, quite regularly, I'd open the bat, uh, bowling with him and he'd put it on a sixpence. He was fantastic. He would bowl 25, 26 overs a week. Um, and you'd know exactly what you're going to get from him as well. You'd get wickets, you'd keep it tight one end. Um, but again, you know, batsmen saw him as, like, he's not an opening bowler. He's not quick, mm. but he would just tie people down. He was, he was absolutely brilliant. And I on learned an awful lot. On the spot with movement. No, absolutely, mate. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
I said, I learned a lot from him because I, back as a, a young, raw 19, 20 year old, I was looking for that wicket every ball. Every yeah. ball I was looking for like a wicket. And he was like, no, just build the pressure. Like Heiser always said, build the pressure and then wickets will come. He was fantastic. Great. And he could bat. He, was, he definitely could bat as well. He, he, was, he was brilliant. Lorfs was great. He was the cool. go-to man. Throw him the ball with tie and end up. Suit you so you could go, you could attack and go for runs. Yeah, no, exactly right, mate. Exactly. It's what you need for an experienced cricketer. Okay, so number 11, your last man. So, last man, I couldn't split them. Um, okay. And for, for various reasons, I went for Johnny Horn and Mike Gridley. Uh, two very, very different bowlers, but two very, very consistent bowlers. You know, I think any captain would welcome Johnny Horn or Gridley in their side. Uh, and I've played many a game with both of them, and they they won they won games. Is you know that's the the long and short of it. They were you know, I think when you saw Bells come up to bowl, you think I'm going to get off this guy. I'm going to absolutely take him to the cleaners. I'm going to put him over the top. And you know, teams did, but he would also come back and he would take wickets. He'd win you games. And Gridley the same. You know, I think Gridley was also around when the old man was there. He was a you know he'd always tell you what ball it would turn a mile. He, he was he was basically a slow right arm bowler that did a little bit in the air, but, you know, batsman played for his spin. He didn't spin a ball. He'd tell you he'd spin the ball, you know, he'd spun the ball miles. But he's never spun a ball in his life. But he got drift. He got, you know, he was that, he was a very, very good bowler, very smart bowler. And, Clever. You know, he used the angle. Yeah, well, he was. He was. angle. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, when, when you come out, I think we played against him when he was at Old Boys. Yeah. And you always thought, I'm going to get after Gridders. He was the man to get after. And you couldn't get after him. You may get the odd... You know the odd loose ball, but um, yeah, he'd, nine times out of he'd always come back and get you and haunt you. He was a good bowler, very good. I, again, mate, I, I know it's one to eleven. I can't split them, and I can't leave either of them out just for that very reason. They're, they're both fantastic. And That's you know, if, and you know, I, I look back and I think, look, that one to eleven, and you know, the players I've, I've, I've missed out. I've played some fantastic players, and you know, when you like, I think John has mentioned the other day. John has went for you know, I, I want influential characters. I want my mates in my team. Yeah. And you know, John, John is, you know, John doesn't get my team. Spears, he doesn't get my team. Cows, Homer, TK, Chambers, crikey. Yeah. Chambers, the most, you know, you look back and you think, this guy's got it all. He's technically brilliant. In the nets on, you know, January, February time, he was fantastic. But for some reason, I think it was something upstairs that didn't quite resonate. And he just got himself into a bit, bit of a pickle. But, you know, Steve, Steve Richardson as well. I wouldn't necessarily say I'd ever play with him, but influential characters at certain periods of time. Yeah, it's a good, good period to be around the club, that 2005, yeah. 2007, 8, 9. I'm not saying it's bad now. It's just a very, very good time. It's every yeah, and, it, and to be honest, mate, if, if I was... To, I mean, I'm absolutely going to come back. There's no question about that. But I would, you know, you've you got to say to yourself, what would, what would sort of entice you back to the club? And it'd be, you know, no disrespect to the people that are there at the moment. But if you're if you're playing with the likes of Jonas, Spearsy, Cows, Homer, TK, Chambers, you know, you, you, it gets you out of bed in the morning. Think I, I can't wait to play on a Saturday. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not just playing with your mates. These guys were talented. You know, these are these are talented cricketers. Oh, yeah. Club cricketers. Unsung heroes a little bit. They're match winners. But I couldn't get into my team. I tried, I couldn't get them into my team. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do a half-hearted. You know, these I want to I want to make it. This is the this is the best team I've played with, and these are the team I want to play with. Yeah. That that's you know it is. That was the team I would I would pick, and I think that would be a phenomenal team. Certainly would be right. Well, thank you very much, Ben. It's been great speaking to you, hearing about all your your players. But no, thank it's all good. Thank you very much for your time.
Thank you. Cheers, Ratty.